Now, the dried out condition of some of the grass that myself and Trevor were looking at there leads me neatly on to our next item and the fires in Dunqueen e Guntikiri throughout the course of the week. Currently there are two crews working on the mountain, one at the top of the fire and another down here at the bottom. They've been here since four o'clock this afternoon. It's after midnight now and they expect to be fighting this fire throughout the night. There are on average 3,000 wildfires a year in Ireland. Now, most of them are small, but up to 150 a year, three a week, are big like that one in Kerry. And some scientists say that, as unlikely as this sounds, we may need in Ireland to start thinking about wildfires a little bit more like our Mediterranean cousins do. March the 1st was the day when we entered the fire season. Agricultural burning is prohibited, and now, thanks to a new tool available on the the Met Aaron website, landowners will be able to get a risk assessment for their region uh, in real time all year round. I am joined from Cork by Dr Fiona Corkwell, who has been conducting research on the number and the impact of wildfires, by Dr Clara Finkele from Met Aaron, who has been working on that risk assessment or fire weather index tool, and also by Kieran Nugent, Regional Forestry Inspector at the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine, who's based in Kerry. Good morning to all three of you. Kieran, first question for you. Um, in your opinion, we think of wildfire in a way that hasn't kept pace with how the landscape has changed in the course of the last 50 years. What is the scale of the problem? The, the, the problem, Philip, is that lots of things have changed. It's our, our climate is changing. We're aware of that. Our landscapes are changing. They're adapting themselves to uh, the changes in farming practice, the changes in growth patterns coming from climate and changes in the legal systems and changes in society that we have. All of these things, it's, a, it's, a, it's quite a complex area, but all of these things are combining to produce our current fire risk and we're seeing that now presented mm-hmm. in, in the fires that we see at, at different points in the year. We more, see different types of, of fires emerging. More summer rain means more vegetation growth. Longer dry or drought periods then means more dried out vegetation, which means more fuel. D- does this mean, Kieran, that our fire season in Ireland is going to get longer? P- potentially, we're going to see more periods of of high fire risk than we would have seen in the past. And looking at it, and and certainly our UK colleagues believe that we're going to see a move in these islands into a fire regime very similar to northern Spain, that uh, we will have longer periods of drought, we will have longer periods of wet weather, but we're going to have much, much better growth, growth conditions, and then these periodic spates of high fire risk and we just have to adapt to that uh, and we have to make sure that our systems are tuned to that and that we're, we're as, as prepared as we can be uh, with the systems and the resources that we have and, and I think we can do I think we can do that um, but it's a, a matter of accepting the risk and being aware of it and then tuning the systems that we have to deal with that risk at the points where we need to and, and, and that is possible using integrated mm-hmm. fire management techniques that are that are used internationally. Clara Finkel met Aaron, do you think our fire season is going to get longer in Ireland? <coughs> I saw you shaking your head backwards and forwards there. Uh, well, it's um, the fire season getting longer. It's like under climate change, we're looking at towards maybe increased winter rainfall. But as Kieran alluded to, like more frequent and longer droughts. So 
for instance, if we all remember t- 2020, the, the, the first lockdown, and we actually went into a host ban because it was so, the weather was so dry all through May and June. So that then translates into extreme fire weather index and, mm-hmm. and high danger. So the, and and. I remember being in the back of my 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 garden, thinking the ba- neighbors had a barbecue, but it was actually Bray Head having fires for weeks on end. Mm. Fiona Cockwell in UCC, your research project for the EPA is called Flares. You've been calculating emissions from wildfires. Are they significant? Hi, Philip. Yes, certainly. What we have found by identifying burn scars on the landscape using satellite imagery is that there's actually a lot more fire, active fire per year than is being recognised. And depending on what kind of land cover it is that's burning, there can be some quite significant emissions. For example, a woodland has a biomass of approximately 12 tonnes per hectare, compared to maybe grassland that has a biomass of perhaps around two tonnes per hectare. So it's not just a question of how much burning there is, but it's a question of what is burning. Mm. And what we're seeing is that annually, perhaps there could be Forty to 60,000 tonnes of carbon dioxide equivalent being released from these wildfires in Ireland. And it might be hard to kind of visualise what is 40 to 60,000 carbon uh, tonnes of carbon dioxide equivalent. But if we equate that to cars, it would be roughly equivalent to the distance driven by around 8 to 15% of the cars on the Irish roads each year. So it's a fairly significant proportion of greenhouse gas emissions. Wow. 15, up to 15%, depending presumably on the year and how many fires there are in it. Exactly, yes. This time two years ago, 24 square acres of Killarney National Park went on fire over four or five days. Now, you calculated the emissions from that one fire specifically and how many car equivalents it was. We did, but I don't want to focus just on on one fire event specifically because we can get very caught up by single events. And while those big fires make the headlines, those fires are perhaps only a very small fraction of the total fires that occur during the year. So is there a choice to be made here between um, an accidental fire after 10 years growth or more controlled burning now and which is going to release uh, more em- emissions? I think it very much comes down to what is burning, what is the fuel type that is burning. I mean, we very often hear about Irish wildfires being labelled as gorse fires. And gorse was one of the uh, species that we studied particularly in our research because it does emit quite a lot of pollutants. It's a very woody fuel and it has a high content of volatile organic compounds. So this means that it releases more gases and more aerosols and particulates perhaps than other species when they burn. So the fire that we, and I know you don't want to focus on a single fire, mm-hmm. but people will have at the front of their minds the images from Dunqueen this week. And I think mm-hmm. it looked like it was largely bolinia grass that was uh, on fire there. Would there be more or less particulate, more or less carbon dioxide coming from that than from gorse? There would be less coming from millennia than gorse, but very often when these wildfires occur, there's there's such a mixture of different species that are burning that it's very difficult to identify one predominant species. 
And as I say, we often refer to these Irish wildfires as gorse fires, but gorse actually often up, makes up a very small proportion mm-hmm. of the total vegetation that burns. It could be rank heather, could be exactly. malinia, could get yes. down into the peat, could be any number of different things. Exactly. Clara, how are you now able to help landowners with risk assessment? Um, I'm looking at the fire weather index here. Explain it to me. How does it work? Well, we... We've been running the Fire Weather Index, which is a Canadian model to assess that risk um, since about 2005. Um, we then, in the past, would email this out to Daffam, to Kieran Nugent, and he would su- supply then the county managers. And in the last couple of years, Kieran and I, or we kind of worked very closely. And basically, Kieran said the fine fuel moisture in initial spread index is much better indicator for Irish fires. The fine fuel. The fine fuel moisture index. Of, uh, yes. So because basically the fire weather index is the overall index mm-hmm. and it's made up of different components. However, the one component called the fine fuel moisture content is much better for like the smaller shrubs and the twigs and so on, which is more indicative for our risk okay. of fire. So that will tell you how senescent or how old and brittle uh, the vegetation is and how likely it's to go on fire. How quickly it dried out, basically. And the initial spread index is how quick, how hard it is for a fire to be put out. So we now have, as a graphical display, on our all our synop stations on our website from the last three weeks based on observations and then for the week ahead based on forecast, these three indices, the fire weather index, which is the overall, the fine fuel moisture contents, which is kind of gives you an idea of how quickly something has dried out. And then the initial spread index, which is to do with if there is a fire, how difficult would it be to put out, mainly driven by wind speed. Kieran, how is this actually helping farmers? Because you would think that it would be something that any landowner, if perhaps not intuitively, at least would know from experience of looking at previous fires. Yeah, it it helps at lots of different levels. There there is some knowledge there, and I think there's good knowledge with some landowners around fire and conditions. And we've been involved in some studies on that. And there there is knowledge there with, with people. And then the system that we're in is also changing. So I think it's going to help farmers adjust to those changes in our in our weather. And some of the traditional ways that people have of, of calculating, is a day good to burn? Is this a good day for it? Um, I think this will help people get their heads around that uh, as people learn to use it. The other issue is that uh, 50% of our forests are now privately owned. They're owned largely by farmers, Irish farmers. And this will help people who own forests Uh, adjust to this risk and to protect those resources and also to protect habitats, to protect things, uh, other other parts of our landscape that we also want to protect. It shows when a risk is coming and it gives people time to prepare the resources that they have and time to to get ready for those spates of of fire. So controlled burning then, Kieran, controlled burning is definitely going to be a part of our future, even in spite of what Fiona Corkwell is saying about it contributing to up to 15% of emissions, or the equivalent to 15% of the transport emissions. Uh, But we will definitely have to continue to burn in order to avoid bigger, more out-of-control fires, yes? I, I, I don't think it's that simple. I think 
burning is one of many tools that we have to apply. We have a toolbox that we need to bring into this. There's no one single measure, one single silver bullet that we can bring to solve our fire problem. And the first thing in fire management is just to accept that we're not going to stop all fires. We're not going to prevent everything because that's impossible. But what we have to try and do is bring a toolbox in and use the right tools at the right point okay. in the process. Would, would another tool risk. be and more uh, rainforest of the kind that doesn't tend to go on fire, breaking up the landscape? In, 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 in the right places. So it's about doing the right things in the right places, and it's about knowing how fire works in a particular landscape. And the places that are suitable, yes, you can use, and we've done this, we've put willow, we've put fire breaks uh, of native forest in places uh, to break up landscapes. It's also about the management of vegetation. Farming is central to that. The grazing and focusing certain farming activities, particularly grazing in areas where there's a high risk. A good example of that at the moment is hoth, the goats, grazing away areas uh, where other types of measures won't work because of the proximity to, to the city and urban, or, uh, uh, urban interface. So it's using the right tools, mechanising in places where you can mechanise. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, you can do that, but you can't do that everywhere. So it's about having uh, a knowledge of the particular landscape. No one tool is going to work everywhere. And it's about using and creating a mosaic of actions okay. and a mosaic of measures on the ground to, to, to address, and particularly the fuel. The, the only thing we can do in this, the only measure uh, that we can be 100% certain of is the management of vegetation and management of the fuels and treating the fuels to manage the risk. And that is the only certainty that we can have okay. we, we, we don't control the weather. Kieran Nugent from the Forestry Service, thank you very much. Dr. Clara Finkley from Met Aaron and Fiona Corkwell, Dr. Fiona Corkwell from UCC and the EPA Flare study, which is very interesting stuff indeed. Thank you all three very much.